Thanks for joining us for Episode 8 of the Benton County Public Podcast. I'm Dan Crawl, the host and producer of this program. Benton County is a great place to live and work. You can find out more information about careers with Benton County by visiting us online at bentoncountyor.gov and click on Careers. On today's episode, we're going to hear audio from a gathering on January 24th of the Oak Creek Valley Community Evacuation Route that has just been completed after a collaboration and partnership of several entities, which includes Benton County. Public Information Officer Corey Grogan put together this event, which started at the Benton County Kalapuya Building on Southwest Research Way, and the nearly 30 attendees were taken on shuttle buses to see the new evacuation route, which is a 12-foot-wide gravel road up in the Oak Creek Valley, which is west of the Benton County Fairgrounds. The purpose of the event was to highlight the significance of the Oak Creek Valley Community Evacuation Route project and to recognize key contributors to this project. As the last-minute arrivers shuffled in at the Kalapuya building, Commissioner Zan Ogero took to the front of the room, along with a panel of contributors. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Zan Ogero, this year's chair of the Board of Commissioners. And I want to um, start out with some thank yous of specific partners and, and also just to thank the Oak Creek community, the neighbors themselves, who really originated this project and um, provided the deep and sustained support and focus on fire preparedness um, and brought this need to our attention. It was truly a bottom-up initiative. Uh, I worked over the last few years with several of you, um, with Ann Isinger and with Phil Sullins, Heidi Hedler, uh, others, um, on the needs for evacuation and just for greater emergency preparedness overall. And I wanted to thank Senator Gilser Lewin because she uh, was instrumental in a couple of different ways, both from a funding perspective, uh, but also um, to help provide some legislative language that clarified that you know, fire protection districts could indeed invest in this kind of, um, of safety initiative uh, and to help to fund uh, egress roads. So um, with that, um, I also wanted to thank the uh, Community Foundation uh, because they played a vital role uh, so they facilitated uh, private contributions to the evacuation route, which otherwise would have been very difficult for us to accommodate as a county entity. They've been fantastic partners. Thanks to Oregon Department of Forestry and to Corvallis Rural Fire Protection District, to the city of Corvallis, to Oregon State University. Uh, there have been many, many partners and collaborators that were essential to uh, pull this off. That's why it took a couple of years. And whenever you get two entities together, uh, it's complicated. When you get three or more, it's very complicated. But this is really a model effort of a bottom-up local government community partnership, and we'd love to see more initiatives like this. Uh, it was exciting to pursue, and it's going to be hopefully life-saving when it's actually in practice. So with that, I'm going to pass the mic on to um, Paul Odenthal from Oregon State University, Senior Vice President. Uh, Thank you, Commissioner Ogero. You know, this is an example of I heard of a great partnership, and we are so fortunate as a university to be in this community. I don't think there's anywhere better in this country, in the world, 
for a university to be and have such great partners in the county, the city, the state that works with us to, to accomplish what we do as LSU. Uh, the, and we're, we're happy that we have this chance to give back and to share with the community uh, this piece as well. You know, our land grant mission, uh, we are the university here. We are Oregon's university. Uh, we are here to advance the state and there's important research that happens on this property as we're out there. Well, you'll see how important this is and uh, Selby Warren, who runs the facility is with us and helped us get this uh, into a place where it was compatible with the research. But while we're on the tour, please ask her about what's happening on that farm. I won't try to tell you what's happening out there. But it's important research that is advancing our knowledge around agriculture and uh, helping the economy of Oregon grow in that important piece of our agricultural piece as well. So I want to thank all the partners that were involved in this to put this together. Uh, we're glad to be part of it and work with our community as well. And I want to recognize Selby. She did a lot of work to put this, this together, as well as Bob Richardson is here. He's our land use planner uh, who worked on it, as well as uh, Nicole Neuschwander is our uh, real estate professional, could not be here as well. Um, but they did all the work, and I just get to hold the microphone for a few minutes. So anyway, thank you. The next presenter was Chris Kwaka, the president and CEO of the Benton Community Foundation. Well, it's just a real pleasure to be here with all of you today. I have a couple quick comments, because I have a couple people to thank. And I really want to call out Ann Kessinger. So... Pat mentioned earlier two years, I was first introduced to this project nearly six years ago. And when I was introduced to it, after our first meeting a few months later, the uh, campfire in Paradise, California happened. Right, And five years later, after that fire, those 18,000 structures that were destroyed as a result of that wildfire, that community is still rebuilding. And because of leaders in our community, like Ann, the people at Oak Creek and these amazing partners, we've chosen to do something different in this community. So it's great to be a part of that effort. Our community foundation is your community foundation. It's a place where people can bring unique ideas and be trying to make changes happen. And some of those people we're really thankful to, besides Anne, um, is the Corvallis World Fire Protection District, the Benton County Board of Commissioners, and their staff who implemented this project. And of course, Senator Gelser Bowen, who uh, was able to join us today. So we're just so thankful for all of your help. And then last but not least, uh, I'm a federal employee, a former federal employee. This is government in action, and I love to see it work. And um, these are the projects that we love to do. We fund nonprofits, we fund students going to college, but we love projects that people reach out and say, hey, we have this unique thing. This is our second big project with the county. We got a call during COVID-19, and the county said, hey, we have this unique idea, can you help us? So, we're a resource and we're a leverage point for people who want to give charitably, and we're an economic driver in the community. So we'd love to be a part of these efforts, and we're really happy to be here today and see the project. Thank you. Thanks. Next up is uh, Heidi Hagler representing the Corvallis Rural Fire Protection District today. Thank you, Zan. My name is Heidi Hagler. I'm with the Corvallis Rural Fire Protection District, CRFPD. We're grateful for the opportunity to recognize the contribution of the many that have uh, helped with the completion of the evacuation route. And I'm honored to be here to help celebrate the completion of a project that, let's face it, we hope us, none of us need to use. As you're aware, CRPD provided significant support for the completion of the route, and we are proud to have added our efforts to enhance the safety of the citizens of our district. The vision of CRFPD has historically included what you generally expect. 
the delivery of emergency response services in an ongoing partnership with the Corvallis Fire Department to build and maintain fire services, purchase fire apparatus, tenders, and equipment. We also have expanded and maintained alternative water resources throughout the district with the purchase of cisterns and draft sites. Our concern for involvement in the safe escape of our citizens from the district from wildfire and other disasters, as has been mentioned earlier, is relatively new. It emerged in 2020, which was a wake-up call. So our thanks to Senator Gelsen Lewin and others in the community for championing clarifying language in the state, language level that allows the rural districts in Oregon to support evacuation opportunities in their districts. This language is not a mandate, but it does give us clarification on what our role as a rural fire district can be in providing the safety um, to our citizens. I'd also like to echo what others have said in terms of the really productive collaborative efforts that the community has made. We have additional evacuation opportunities ahead of us, and our hope is that uh, continuing collaboration cooperation will, uh, will happen. That was the voice of Heidi Hagler speaking at the Benton County Kalapuya Building at this January 24th event that highlighted the significance of the Oak Creek Valley Community Evacuation Route Project to recognize key contributors before the tour of the site. At this point in the meeting, Senator Sarah Gelser Bluen, the Democratic representative of District 8 of Oregon, addressed the audience after receiving an honorary plaque from Benton County recognizing her contributions to this project. such an exciting project and I'm really looking forward to going out and seeing it today. Like others, I hope that it is never ever needed. But as others have pointed out, I received an email several years ago from Anne and it was so detailed and so well put together and so explicit in what the ask was to do that it would be impossible to say no to that. I mean, try to say no to Anne. You can't do that. Uh, so we began to work on the project, and it was during COVID, and we had this ARPA money, and there was a, a point in time where legislators were told, you have a couple of million dollars that you get to allocate in your community. You have two weeks to figure it out, and it has to be something that's ready to go and be, can be completed within two years. And immediately I thought, go get that email from Anne. I think they need some money over there to, to complete that. So it is really exciting to see the way that, that that came together. And it's interesting in Oregon, many of those ARPA funds across the state went to um, fire safety efforts. And I think that's because in Oregon, the pandemic really did coincide with a growing awareness of our future with climate change and fire and how much closer it is coming to communities. So I hope that we never have to use this. And I'm just grateful to everyone that is working so hard to prepare. And thank you to the community. This is a project that happened because people wrote to their commissioners, their university, their fire protection district, their legislators. So keep sending all of those letters. That's what makes change happen. After concluding these remarks, Senator Gelser Bluen and other participants boarded a few shuttle buses to head to the site of the new evacuation route. Public Works Director Gary Stockhoff and Emergency Manager Brian Lee 
gave insight on the route while the shuttle buses made their way to the site. Generally, when we send people out these rural evacuation routes, we almost consider it what we call a last-ditch effort. Uh, we really want people to take the paved routes out, the main routes out. They're going to be the safest and the most available. And those are the same routes that law enforcement and fire are going to prioritize yeah, keeping open. So during big fires, if they need to clear evacuation routes, they're going to clear the main paved routes first, including the sides of the roads. They'll do emergency logging operations. They'll do whatever they need to do to make it safe. Uh, these rural routes will be prioritized last. So we want to remind the public that that's a really important piece of this puzzle. Some of the residents who attended the event conversed with the county officials during the ride with a handful of inquiries about available turnouts, cistern management along the route, as well as overall preparations being considered by the various partners on the project. We really just want folks to start taking this really seriously. Um, you know, this even this ice storm recently kind of caught us all off guard and reframed the way we're thinking about emergencies here. And we often hear a lot of people say, especially for Benton County, oh, a wildfire will never happen here. It can't happen. It can't burn down Corvallis. It can't happen here. There's too much moisture. But what we're seeing, of course, with the impacts of climate change and just the, the changing climate in general is that this is becoming our reality. Before the new evacuation route, the community was dispersed throughout the valley with limited public roadways and only one road access point. The Oak Creek Valley is located immediately west of Corvallis. It is a 7,730-acre basin, which rises 1,841 feet from the valley floor. The basin is dominated by conifer forest cover in the upper basin, and a mix of conifer and oak forest and field in the mid to lower basin area. Although average precipitation in Corvallis is a little over 44 inches per year, during the summer months there is little to no precipitation most years, creating fire-prone conditions. This year is an El Nino year, meaning a hotter, drier summer than usual. Land use in the basin includes residential, forestry, agriculture, and recreation. Land ownership there is a mix of private and public. The largest landowners with over 100 acres include the State of Oregon and Oregon State University, Starker Forest, Greenbelt Land Trust, Crestmont Farms LLC, Benton County, the Brandis family, the City of Corvallis, and the Martin family. The remaining properties are smaller private holdings and are mostly residential. The Oak Creek Valley residential community is made up of about 370 households loosely clustered within 10 neighborhoods with an estimated population of 1,100 people. This community is within the Wildland Urban Interface, also known as the WUI. Forested WUI areas, such as Oak Creek Valley, are at high risk for wildfire. In addition to Oak Creek Drive, there are an estimated 20 miles of side roads and driveways within the community. These roadways are a mix of paved and gravel, and they are maintained by neighborhood road districts, homeowner associations, or informal homeowner groups. 
These roads are generally relatively narrow, and some are built on steep slopes. Involvement and cooperation with both landowners and land managers has been very key in this process. Along the evacuation route of the January 24th tour, the shuttle buses came to a stop at the OSU Lamb Farm, situated on a hillside overlooking a foggy, misty rain-soaked valley that day. It was noted that while this location has a vast view overlooking the Oak Creek Valley, in a wildfire situation, the smoke would obscure the view, adding to the complications of evacuating. Public Works Director Gary Stockoff and Emergency Manager Brian Lee addressed the crowd of about 25 attendees gathered at the OSU Lamb Farm along the route. Here is Public Works Director Gary Stockoff. The design itself took a couple years to get, get through the permitting and the design and, and I have to say working with the university and Corvallis Rural Fire and all the other partners that it really was a group effort. Ian is the engineer. Ian um, didn't want to really say anything, <laughs> but I can tell you he's an awesome engineer and he did the heavy lifting to get this to where it's at today. And we joke, it took two years to get it done and they had the road in in one week. <laughs> and so we appreciate that. And again, we've worked with, with Brian and the sheriff and emergency management and the local folks to keep this thing moving. And, uh, and, and it's where you're at now. And I think I've heard it said, you know, we hope we don't have to use it for a real one. It's there, obviously, for practice. And we look forward to, you know, how you guys handle that. We're glad that we finally were able to do this. And everybody that helped with the funding, it's awesome. When we did the design, there is a wetland. We avoided it. We worked with the university on how to minimize the impact. It's, it's not a, a wide road, as you'll see. It's the bare minimum but there are pullouts on the top that if something happens, we can get somebody off and still be able to use the site. So we really were trying to be very sensitive to the terrain, the farm, and, and the impact we had and keep the cost down. So we tried to minimize cuts and, and all that as, as went through. And that, again, that was a heavy lift that Ian uh, oversaw that process. Last thing on evacuation, while we talk vehicles and whether or not they can make it, uh, the other side of this is if they have to, people can still evacuate on foot. So it's not preferable, it's obviously up a hill, there's uh, access functional need limitations related to this that are a major problem, uh, but again, when we're talking evacuations, um, everything's on the table, bicycles, foot traffic, everything. So this is still another route, and if you, again, if you look at the landscape and the space, um, it's actually quite a safe route comparatively, compared to going through, for example, McDonald Dunn Forest with all the trees and overhangs and additional turnouts, this is actually a very good route to go out. Uh, the other thing we always want to remind the public and, again, your constituents and your uh, colleagues is to listen to the first responders who are on scene about where to go and how to get out. The last thing we want is for everyone to assume this is a new route, this is a great thing, this is the route we're going to take, especially if there's other routes that might be uh, better used or, or uh, more safe. Uh, Gary mentioned the Ball Hill Land Trust route out. While it's a bike path, that would definitely get ruined by driving on it. Uh, that could, in many ways, be a safer route depending on where the fire is moving and what situations we have. Uh, so there's a lot of circumstances where this route and how this route would be used. Um, and there's lots of nuances there, but this is a huge accomplishment and a huge collaboration. And without the partnerships and actually the efforts from Oak Creek and the Corral Rural Fire, uh, this would not be possible at all. 
So um, as we move forward, we want to take the nuggets and lessons learned from this effort and apply them to other communities and actually make it a model for other areas and other counties because this same challenge that we're facing here and that Oak Creek is facing is, is modeled everywhere else. If you look at the population and the numbers of people out the Oak Creek subdivision area, um, it's really a high population and it's a really big concern for those of us around Benton County who are focused on emergency planning. Um, it's one of our biggest concerns actually for the community. Uh, so this effort's going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep working on plans um, and actually hopefully in May or June we're going to get to do an evacuation drill again um, and run a test and run at least a few people, probably not everyone in Oak Creek, but a handful of folks out this route, uh, check times, check processes and see how that process works. Uh, we've learned many lessons doing that. Um, some of those uh, really need to get refined, so we're looking forward to that opportunity. This really does show how, uh, how organized community members can be and what can be done to accomplish their objective. Um, evacuations are a number one concern of ours and it's really a, uh, we'll call it an art form, not a science, of trying to nail down evacuation processes, protocols, and modeling. Uh, so we're going to start working with some more traffic modeling to figure out what routes make the most sense and how to maximize the routes and the space and the money that's available uh, to get people to safety. So really starting to focus on rural, uh, lower income, uh, different areas like that. The voice of Benton County Emergency Manager Brian Lee speaking along the evacuation route tour that took place on January 24th. You're listening to the Benton County Public Podcast. If you have feedback on the program, or maybe have ideas for upcoming episodes, send an email to pioinfo at bentoncountyor.gov. It's everyone's responsibility to help prevent human-caused wildfires. It's important to practice basic wildfire safety while visiting Oregon's scenic areas and have awareness of weather conditions, restrictions, and wildfire prevention activities around the state. Prepare your home by creating defensible space. Help prevent wildfires when you're out and about, at home, or at work. Have an emergency plan and know your evacuation levels. Sign up for local emergency alerts and warnings at oralert.gov and learn more about how to prevent wildfire at keeporegongreen.org. This message has been brought to you by Benton County. At the conclusion of the tour, I had a chance to speak with Senator Sarah Gelser-Bluen, who represents Oregon's District 8, and was among the partners who made this project a reality. In a few moments, we'll hear the voices of Ann Isinger, the resident who spearheaded this effort several years back, and we'll conclude with Chris Kwaka, the president and CEO of the Benton Community Foundation, who helped coordinate funding for this project. Thanks for your time today. I understand this is quite a, a multifaceted process in getting an evacuation route going, and it involved members of the community, the county, the university, as well as the legislative level. Why don't you talk a little bit about the legislative uh, involvement in this evacuation route? Well, the, the work of this really was done by the community, the county, the Rural Fire Protection District. And as they were working on this project, they stumbled across a problem in the statute that 
the law that made it very difficult for uh, the rural fire protection district to coordinate with these other partners to put in a much needed evacuation route. So they came to the legislature and asked for help in changing the law to clear that obstacle out of the way. And that happened to be during the pandemic when we had some extra money that was available to allocate to communities for emergency needs that could be uh, for projects that could be completed right away. And so we were able to take some of that money to pour in to this project to allow it to be completed and also to have that excess go into completing the wildfire assessment, safety assessments in other uh, areas of the of the county where there is this risk. And because of climate change, we are going to continue to see more fires and we really have to be working towards mitigating what that will look like and how to get people out safely. Without changing the law, something like building an evacuation route um, more complicated? This particular evacuation route would have been very difficult to complete because there was a question about whether or not the Rural Fire Protection District had the authority to even participate in the planning, the upkeep, and the construction. So this was necessary to make that clear. We were very careful to make sure that we were not taking people's property away from them involuntarily. We were not mandating that any rural fire protection district do anything in particular, but what we needed to do was give them the flexibility to make those decisions at the local level. Is it often that there are projects that are up for grabs as far as, you know, community or government funding where um, people can maybe place a vote on a level of importance of projects? That hardly ever happens. I've been in the legislature for nearly 20 years. It's the only time it happened. And I don't I don't really think it's the best process. This was a good outcome, but having individuals choose among projects that they're aware of without a public process has its, has its challenges. It was necessary at that time. The federal government gave us a bunch of money to spend really quickly, and we wanted to make sure it was equally distributed across the state. And so what we saw were really important local projects that didn't maybe didn't cost as much to get that level of priority for a bond or a vote, but we're also really essential. So it was unusual, and I'm glad that this aligned with that situation so we could get this route built. Were you very involved in this process, or did you just have to sign off on a couple of things? I was involved in drafting legislation to to be able to resolve that statutory issue, working with folks that were testifying, working with members of the lobby and those that had concerns about the measure in order to get that passed, working with leadership to make sure that it got passed and didn't get left on the table. Uh, and then with the money, it really was a matter of getting the information and facilitating that vetting with uh, the Department of Administrative Services and then just waiting to hear what happened next. And it's really great to be able to see a tangible outcome. We don't always get to do that in the legislature, and that was pretty exciting. Do you feel pretty excited after seeing the evacuation route today? I was I was impressed with the route, and it also made me really grateful for all the people that work in our community. You look at that road, it's, it's short, it does not look like a fancy thing, and that is dozens and dozens of people, citizens, government agencies, nonprofit agencies, volunteers, working, planning, problem solving to make that happen so it's there when someone needs it. And it just makes me think about all the things in our community that we just take for granted are there and all the people that are behind making that happen. Government can work and it should work. It just takes a collaboration and the right people showing up. 
Absolutely, and and people asking for what they need. And I think that is the bottom line of this. Those neighbors, that neighborhood, really stuck with the process and came forward with a need and ideas for solutions. So that was a really important ingredient in it, too. Well, Sarah Gelser-Bluen, thank you very much for your time today and for coming to the event. Thanks for having me, and thanks for being there. You're listening to the Benton County Public Podcast. Benton County reminds you to be aware of being up to date on your vaccinations for a safe and healthy winter season for you, your loved ones, and others around you. The newest COVID-19 vaccines are available now and were created to more closely target the current strains of the virus and can significantly reduce the risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. Most insurances cover the new vaccines, but if you don't have insurance, or if yours doesn't cover the full cost, you may still be eligible to receive the vaccine at no cost to you. There is more information online at vaccines.gov, where you can find a vaccination location near you. This message has been brought to you by the Benton County Health Department. My name is Ann Isinger. I'm a resident of the Oak Creek Valley community, and I spearheaded this effort. Back in 2018, our neighborhood, uh, one of the neighborhoods, one of 10 neighborhoods out in Oak Creek Valley, uh, were discussing fire response and preparedness, and they asked for a volunteer to look into gathering information, and I volunteered to do that, and as a result, um, I identified uh, shortcomings in terms of evacuation routes, um, formed an evacuation committee uh, by reaching out to the other neighborhoods of Oak Creek Valley. And uh, we examined um, all sorts of uh, issues, not just evacuation, but fuel loads and neighborhood communication. And so we developed not only an evacuation route evaluation and plan, but also developed a communication uh, system and a network to link all of the neighborhoods so we all can communicate because we thought that was very important. Uh, One of the identified routes in our evaluation was the sheep farm. The sheep farm route was in the center of the valley and would serve most of the citizens, most of the households. We have over 400 households in the valley. It's a three-mile public road with smaller roads branching off in in both directions, and it's part of an 8,000-acre basin. Uh, Most of that is forested, and so the communities or uh, in some cases uh, housing developments that were developed there back in the 70s and 80s didn't really have fire in mind and didn't have uh, concerns about evacuation. That's only become more recent, particularly after 2020. (laughs) Everyone was very concerned about it, but um, uh, that's the community and the fact that we only have one public ingress and egress was of concern and Oak Creek Drive dead ends at at McDonald Forest. So this particular route was identified and I reached out to OSU 
um, the county, other stakeholders, and just said, what is the possibility of extending the access road from the sheep barn over to Ponderosa? Because that had actually been identified in the 2016 Community Wildfire Protection Plan, the Benton County Community Wildfire Protection Plan. And that route uh, was identified primarily by Skyline West, the community to the east, as their evacuation route, but they dropped it when they no longer needed a second exit because they put in a new extension of Fair Oaks down to Walnut Boulevard. Anyway, so I picked up basically the original idea from them and ran with it, and I started looking for funding because the county said they don't have, have they didn't have funding. The rural fire protection district said they didn't have the capability due to uh, guidelines for special service districts. And so we went to the legislature. Sarah Gelser picked it up. Uh, we passed legislation the first year it was introduced. It was late in the season, but went through unanimously. And uh, so that allowed the rural fire protection districts to support evacuation routes and where the legislation didn't originally. And so we were able to get some funding uh, both through uh, the Rural Fire Protection District and also through Sarah Gelser. There was never any resistance. It was just a long process of piecing funding together and um, building kind of a support network to make it happen. The county, OSU, uh, the Ben Community Foundation, um, every everyone was really supportive of the idea. It was just rather daunting to figure out how to make it happen. At first, were you kind of overwhelmed by all the agencies you, you were realizing no. having to deal with? No, I, I'm a professional wildlife biologist that works with large-scale landscapes and conservation projects. And so I'm used to working with the agencies and the legislature up in Washington State. So, it But really, this was a volunteer effort of yours? Totally, totally volunteer. It wasn't daunting to me. It was more of, I, I realized it was just going to take a lot of time and work and effort and a lot of help. Uh, once we had the legislation for the rural fire protection districts supporting evacuation routes. Once that was landed in the legislature and introduced by Senator Gelser, we, um, I knew we were on the right track. So that was the only point where I had some concern, but I thought if that fell through, we could always go to plan B and C and D, <laughs> whatever it would take. So after today going on the actual tour and seeing this as a reality and the counties involved and all these people have showed up to say their piece how do you feel oh it's gratifying definitely i uh appreciate the fact that there were so many people involved and that the project got finished and now we can move on to another one my name is ann isinger i'm a resident of the oak creek valley community and i spearheaded this effort It's everyone's responsibility to help prevent human-caused wildfires. 
It's important to practice basic wildfire safety while visiting Oregon's scenic areas and have awareness of weather conditions, restrictions, and wildfire prevention activities around the state. Prepare your home by creating defensible space. Help prevent wildfires when you're out and about, at home, or at work. Have an emergency plan and know your evacuation levels. Sign up for local emergency alerts and warnings at oralert.gov and learn more about how to prevent wildfire at keeporegongreen.org. This message has been brought to you by Benton County. You're listening to the Benton County Public Podcast, and we've been joined by a number of people throughout today's episode who have been a part of this multifaceted collaborative effort in getting this evacuation route going. We've spoken with members of the community, people from the university and county, and right now we are joined by Chris Quaka, who is the president and CEO of the Benton Community Foundation. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for letting me... uh Uh, Join the podcast, Dan. Really appreciate the opportunity. So why don't you tell us uh, the involvement of the Benton Community Foundation specifically in getting this evacuation route uh, a reality? Yeah, so uh, a little over six years ago, we were brought into this project as a thought partner. Um, Some of the families that we work with at the foundation, which is a, a philanthropic organization, one of only eight community foundations in our entire state, our focus is solely on Benton County. And most of our work is around providing scholarships to students to go to college and funding nonprofits that work uh, and serve the people of Benton County. So we deliver about $1.5 million a year in those efforts, and we've been doing that work since 1953. We were brought in uh, to be a thought partner, and um, in part because of my role at the foundation, but also that uh, I used to work for the federal government and have responded to many local, state, and, and federal disasters, including Hurricanes Katrina, Rita, and Ike. So I have a, a unique perspective on disaster. I was a type two wildland firefighter years ago. And so this project was right up my alley. I was interested and um, had a chance to meet Ann Essinger of the Oak Creek community and talk to her in her backyard one day over a cup of tea about what we might be able to do together. And so that process started us along um, working with OSU and the county, which we do some projects irregularly with. But what we really brought to the table was a connecting piece Community Foundation's role is to help bring projects valued by the community into existence. And so traditionally, the organization I work at today has done that through creating scholarships and through funding nonprofits. But this work of a a community-led initiative, a need in the community, bringing people together around that, and overcoming all those bureaucratic barriers that we put up for the benefit of our 9-to-5 work, but create challenges when we do exciting projects or opportunity projects like this one is. Um, This is really where the rubber meets the road for us. This is where we want to excel, and this is an area that we love to be in community and learning from the people that um, have invested so much in this organization for so many years. The actual work, though, above that thought partnership and helping people, uh, including our own organization, get through our own bureaucracy to do this work is we delivered charitable funds to this project. The road itself cost $400,000. That was paid through uh, money from the state legislature and Senator Gelser Bowen helping make that happen. But we delivered an additional $100,000 above and beyond that. And that was mentioned today on the tour that 
Those monies will be used to research future access areas for people in and around Benton County from the wildland urban interface areas to get them to egress areas to get them to safety in the case of a wildland fire. So that $100,000 has been deployed in a couple different ways, including researching future routes, uh, providing uh, tools so the county can measure the needs of those different rural communities, and then last but not least, to doing assessments in those communities that once they've identified a need, what, how can we use our money most wisely? So, so that is our traditional role as a funder, and then delivering that $100,000, and then we deliver that to the county. That's another place that we can fund. So just not students going to college and nonprofits, but local government. And, and we've got a great relationship with the county. Uh, we've been working with them for years. And, and besides this project, which has spanned six years, uh, we help the county deliver um, hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, local aid monies through a COVID relief fund that we created the foundation a month into our, our response to the pandemic. And we took the county's 200000 we took uh, some money that we had at the foundation, another 65000 and we, we leveraged those monies to deliver um, with us and other funders about $750,000 in the eight months after the pandemic initially hit our community. And so um, we ramped up our work. We did, you know, normally we do one grant process a year. That year we did eight. And every step of the way, we partnered with the county and those nonprofit organizations we love to work with to try to deliver money in a way that was low barrier to those nonprofits to access it and easy. And we, it was unique in that way, and, that, and the county helped us do this. They created that, they first gave us $100,000 of seed money, and they said, put it in the hands of the people that can use it most. And that was one of the instances where we actually deployed money to individuals in need through a local nonprofit called Vina Moses. And so there were some great opportunities for us to partner with the county. And, and this is just a, a little bit of a longer project um, and a unique scope. So it sounds like there was quite a bit of funding that went into this project. And was it that the Benton Community Foundation really coordinated the majority or even all of it? It wasn't that as much as what we tried to do is it, people had a, a challenge um, I guess what I'd say is we provide a lot of clarity to people who had questions about the project. And so as a trusted community partner, when we worked with other organizations, they had talked to Ann or members of Oak Creek, or they might have talked to another agency. And people would say, well, call Benton Community Foundation. And so then we would say, hey, we've worked with Ann. We're working with the county. Here's our experience. This is how we see this project from a long-term perspective. When the funding came up, and that's how we initially got involved. A donor said, we consider writing all, underwriting all or part of this project. And we work with dozens of families in the Oak Creek neighborhood who know us through our community building work. And so we were very fortunate that when we hit some local roadblocks that Senator Gelser got involved, some funds became available from the federal government at that time. She was able to pass through to the county. And then the, the previous county administrator called me up and said, hey, Chris, we've got the road paid for. We knew the foundation was going to help with that. Are there any other funds the foundation could access through a network of donors and partners that could help us do this assessment work? And so we reached out to those same families and said, what do you think? And that's where the $100,000 came from. So we can really be a catalyst for an individual to give to a piece that they care about. But this work of being a catalyst for helping the community work better together is a place that we love to work in. And we're lucky to work with great partners that are willing to do that work. 
We're speaking with Chris Kwaka, who is the president and CEO of the Benton Community Foundation. Now, if people out there are listening and have some ideas of seed money that could help an aspect of the community, how might they go about asking for funds from the Benton Community Foundation? Well, so uh, the best way to access our organization is through our website, www.bcfgives.org. You can find applications. You can find people to reach out to. Um, We have a great team and two people in particular, Lisa and Brittany. Brittany helps uh, deploy funds and work with uh, training opportunities we offer to nonprofits. Lisa does a lot of work with donors and community building work like I do. Um, and so we've got a great team of people. You reach out to us if you have an idea for how to improve the community. If you want to get involved helping a local nonprofit, you don't know where to start. If you're interested in making an impact somehow, some way that benefits the lives of people of Benton County, we want to hear from you. And if we see you in the community, please come up and say hello. We'd love to meet you, and we'd love to see what we don't know about the part of the community you want to make better. Again, the website is BCF as in Benton Community Foundation gives.org. Uh, thank you again, Chris, for your time and, and joining us today on this episode. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate the opportunity. We are joined by Corey Grogan, who is the public information officer for Benton County. How do you feel about today's event and getting to see the evacuation route? I feel really good about it. I mean, it's just a chance to showcase the collaborative efforts of partners and developing this uh, really important project for the community. Uh, It's an opportunity to highlight the location of Oak Creek Valley uh, and, you know, partners like the Corvallis Rural Fire Protection District and the Western District of Oregon Department of Forestry, along with community members and many other partners um, that helped make this happen. It was great to see them here together today. Um, it gives us a chance to really stress the fact that some of our communities are right within the wildland urban interface and it's highly susceptible to wildfires. Um, so we just want to make sure that folks are safe due to challenges they could face, um, you know, during an evacuation situation in that neighborhood, particularly being very susceptible and raise awareness about the importance of evacuation planning. There's limited public roadways in a lot of these neighborhoods. And, um, you know, when it's a single access road and there's only one way out, if there's a wildfire, uh, it definitely can be a life safety uh, concern. So we just wanted to introduce the new evacuation route as a crucial solution to enhance public safety, especially in the face of uh, potential disasters like a wildfire. And emphasizing that the route is designed to ensure the safety of residents and just streamline those evacuation procedures. But it's really the the partnership and being able to recognize that partnership is another reason that we felt it was important to do this today and express gratitude toward the various partners involved in the development of this evacuation route. And hopefully that leads to uh, future projects and future successes. Uh, But to stress the importance of that collaboration and teamwork, uh, that's what makes these types of projects successful. And also, you know, give the chance to our, our commissioners, the Benton County commissioners, to acknowledge the, the importance of these partnerships and projects, especially when it comes to public safety. Uh, we did a tour of the new evacuation route. It was awesome. Oregon State allowed us to make it happen. Uh, part of the evacuation route is, starts on their sheep farm. So it was just really awesome 
to see the county's public safety commitment, but also working with these partners like Oregon State University, um, the Benton County Community Foundation, and lots of other folks, and especially Senator Gelzer, and she was instrumental in helping raising the funding for this project, and so we wanted to acknowledge her, and Senator Gelzer received a plaque from the county, and it was great to, to have her today as well to be able to express our gratitude. Um, and then finally, I just wanted to mention that you did acknowledge the partners with um, some coins as a gesture for their exceptional service, and just want to thank them and let them know that we appreciate it. Um, it takes a lot of effort and dedication to make a project like this happen, and I don't also don't want to forget the Oak Creek Valley community members who really um, spearheaded this whole thing and got it started, realized there was a need, and um, just made the effort to make it happen for their community. It certainly is very impressive to see all the teamwork that went into this, as you said, starting with the community members, uh, of course, OSU owning some of the land on this evacuation route. You have to inquire with them. And then the county is kind of the hub overseeing what's going on. Uh, between the appropriation of the land and the emergency management aspects. Our public works department was very much involved in this as well, and so I want to recognize them and our, our engineer from the Benton County Public Works Department, Ian McGuire. There's a lot of work that goes into making sure that the design is done in a way that's affordable but also effective. And so that's where we help lead that coordination effort that really requires a lot of teamwork and multiple partners. Corey, if people wanted to learn more about this project, what can they do? Absolutely. If they want to learn more about this project or really anything that Benton County is doing, we would encourage folks to email us at pioinfo at bentoncountyor.gov. That was Corey Grogan, Benton County Public Information Officer and the executive producer of the Benton County Public Podcast. My name is Dan Crawl. I am the host, editor, and producer of the Benton County Public Podcast. You've been listening to Episode 8, recorded on January 24th, 2024. A special thanks goes out to all of our partners and to those who spoke with us on today's edition. And if you have any feedback or ideas for upcoming episodes, we are dedicated to maintaining this platform to continue talking about county topics and local information the public cares about. You can send an email to pioinfo at bentoncountyor.gov. Our theme music was written and composed by Doug Sowers. For all of us at the Benton County Public Podcast, I'm Dan Crawl. We'll catch you on the next episode. Music